This is Making Disciples with Robbie Gallaty, which is part of the Replicate Podcast Network. It is a resource to equip and encourage leaders to make disciples who make disciple makers. Here is your host, Colin Wood. Today on the podcast, we're picking up where we left off last episode, where we are looking at the temptation of Jesus in the wilderness. And... um, we tried to answer the question, could Jesus sin? And mm. Pastor, you gave us a great illustration about a metal rod covered with cloth or a piece of paper and how Jesus could feel the full effects of sin or of temptation without sinning because of his divinity. And you said that coming up, we would look at the patterns of Jesus's temptation so that we might identify how Satan tempts us and defeat uh, those attacks of the enemy. I can't wait for this conversation. Mm. Yes. This is going to be a helpful one, I hope. Uh, for people who are um, in the middle of a battle, just came coming out of a battle, or about to go into a battle, which is basically all of us. All of us. And so you talked about patterns, or the Bible says the schemes of the devil, mm. Ephesians 6. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the line I, I like to use is, Satan may be crafty, but he's not very creative. Mm. Okay, so he's not. What do I mean? What I mean is he is using the same tactics that he used in the garden back in Genesis. We'll talk about that in a few weeks. But he he uses the same pattern, and once you know the pattern, you're able to disarm the power. So you're saying the pattern we see him tempt Jesus with is the same pattern he tempted. Adam and Eve with. Yes, yes, and we'll get to that, but when you know that pattern. So let me ask you this, Colin. Did you play Nintendo when you were little? Bro, I'm 45. Of course. I started with the Atari 2600, then the 7800, and then the regular Nintendo. Yeah, if they're figuring we're the same age. So we did the same exact road. (laughs) Yeah, we did the the paddle and the little joystick. Oh, yeah. Okay, when that Nintendo came out, it was the game changer. It was. Okay. Did you actually, were you able to get the Nintendo action set, which was the Duck Hunt and the laser? With the gun? With with the gun. Oh, yeah, and the Super Mario. Yeah, okay, so I got to admit... Super Mario was my jam. Okay. Uh, Duck Hunt was okay. My favorite game of all, Contra. Oh, yeah. Do you remember this game? Of course. That was my favorite. That was everybody's favorite game. (laughs) Do you remember the pattern? Oh, boy. Uh, Let's see. Let's see. I think it was up, down, up, down, left, right, left, right. No, it's up, up, down, down, left, Left, right, right, left, left, right. left, right. B, A, B, A, select, select, start. I think it's just one select start, huh? Oh, boy. Regardless, been, eventually you'd it, figure it out. <laughs> it's been a minute. It's been a minute. Yeah. Okay. But, okay, you're right. I wasn't into Duck Hunt as much as Mario, but when this game came out, I just it just was the game changer because I loved this guy so much. My uh-huh. dad was in the boxing. We watched all the fights. Okay. And it was Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. Ooh. Do you remember that? Yes. And maybe since I wasn't uh, as tall of stature as you this was how i could win fights in the video game <laughs> yeah, yeah you had no problem taking out piston honda no or don flamenco no yeah or, oh, see the big fat guy oh yeah or no king hippo oh king hippo <laughs> 
Okay, here's how it works. For those who remember the game, others who are younger are saying, what are you talking about? So the game basically was you were this amateur fighter mm -hmm. who was going to fight different levels of competition. You started very early on with easy ones. Uh, I think Piston Honda was first. And the way it worked is every single one of these opponents had a pattern. They had a scheme. They had a process that if you understood, they would throw a left, right, left, and then stop. They'd throw a left, uppercut, overhand, cross, and stop. And if you understood the pattern, you could wait the onslaught out, mm -hmm. and then you could respond and attack and win. Mm -hmm. And basically, the whole thing worked through Don Flamenco and Piston Honda, and it got all the way up to glass, Glassy Joe, I think it was, and then it was Mike Tyson. Iron it, Mike. Iron Mike. Now, this is Mike Tyson pre-biting of the ear yeah. of Vander Holyfield. Pre-face tattoo. Pre-face tattoo. <laughs> yeah, this is Mike Tyson that when you got in the ring, it was one minute, oh, yeah. and your head got knocked off. Okay. Why are we talking about this? Because when you know the pattern of how Satan operates, you're able to disarm him. He has a very similar pattern. And I'll prove it to you from Scripture. 2 Corinthians, Colin, chapter 2, verse 11, shows us the benefit of knowing the pattern or the scheme of Satan. This is a pretty interesting passage, great proof text to look at uh, when we're trying to figure this out. 2 Corinthians, chapter 2, verse 11. Uh, read that for us. 2 Corinthians 2, 11, so that we may not be taken advantage of by Satan, for we are not ignorant of his schemes. Okay, let me let me rephrase it so you know what he's saying. Okay. He's saying, we will not be ignorant of the schemes or the plans of Satan when we are, or we are not ignorant of the schemes, and he will have no advantage over us. Mm, that's good. So when we know the schemes of the devil, he has no advantage. Many people today are being defeated by the enemy because they are clueless to how he operates. Now, all that's the introduction to these temptations. What I want to say is uh, this is something we learned from a friend of ours named Dave Rhodes. Mm -hmm. I think Dave learned it from Mike Breen or worked with Mike Breen on this from 3DM Discipleship. You think Mike probably learned it Mike from Mike probably learned it from someone else because I did find on the internet somebody further back. But regardless, here's the reality. It's a triangle. So if you're at home and you're listening, or maybe we can put it on, maybe we can link show it in notes. the show notes. Yeah, we'll give you this triangle. And every week we'll fill in one corner of the triangle. Here's the statement I want to make, and this will kind of frame everything. The three temptations of Jesus are the three categories in which Satan attacks us even today. Mm -hmm. And if you know the categories, you're able to see in your own life how you're tempted in these three areas. So, Colin, why don't you give us the three major temptations, and then we'll dive back into the text, and we'll unpack the first one. Yeah, and Pastor, you're preaching a sermon series at Long Hollow around these temptations because we're we're talking about spiritual warfare, so you're preaching a sermon series called Battle Ready, um, and yesterday you preached sermon number two in this series, and man, I'm just eating it up. It's so, so good. So the first week you talked about the temptation of appetite. Uh, yesterday you talked about the temptation of approval, mm. and then next week you're going to talk about the temptation of ambition. Yes, yes. So let's start with appetite. Okay. So appetite will be the first, and they go in successive order based on Matthew 4. So why don't you read Matthew 4, 1 through 4, okay. and we'll see the temptation. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. One of the funniest lines in the Bible. I, I just think it's funny. You know, after, and, and I granted they're trying to prove his humanity, but it's like, after Colin went to the woods for 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. 
That is pretty funny. I've never <laughs> noticed that, but yeah, keep going. Let's keep go. Going, keep going. <clears throat> then the tempter approached him and said, "If you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread." He answered, "It is written, man must not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God." Okay, so the first temptation is appetite. Now, don't just look at a physical appetite, although that's what it is here. It is the appetite for more. Hmm. This temptation, let me just give you right out the gate. This temptation is you always need more. You Hmm. never have enough. And whether that's in food or in material possessions or in uh, money or whatever, you're going to see how this works out. Now, Jesus is hungry, obviously. We just read it. And you're probably wondering, why would Satan say to him in the desert, remember he's in the desert, if he, if you're the son of God, turn these stones into bread. I mean, how would that even be a temptation? But you have to understand, in that desert, those lime stones looked from a distance like small loaves of bread. And so it was somewhat of a temptation. But we don't understand this, particularly particularly in Western America or even in, in the world today. Why? Because we're not tempted like this we, we don't have a need like they did. In the first century, you got to remember, if they wanted water, mm-hmm. they couldn't just run to the fridge and pull out a Dasani. If they were hungry, they couldn't make a run to the border and go to Taco Bell. Mm. Do you go to Taco Bell for the border, run to the border? Uh, occasionally, guilty yeah. pleasure, but I have determined that you know you are old when you no longer are willing to eat at Taco Bell. Yeah, I think, I think you kind of graduate. Robert, do you eat at Taco Bell? Okay, Robert does. So Robert's still do on the you? border line. Do you? Uh, rarely. But, but <laughs> yeah, you still rarely. do? Sometimes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes, yeah. but not much. But I, not much. I hold on to it just to prove to myself I'm not old yet. Yeah. But but for me, when I make a run to the border, I also have to make a run somewhere else. Oh, but anyway, mama. moving on. So the, you can't go to, when you're hungry, you can't go to Taco Bell. And then when you're sick, you know, when we're sick, we go to the minute clinic. The thing about the first century is when they were sick or hungry or needed water or food, they had to beg God to move, which is why Jesus said, when he said pray, pray this way. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, thy kingdom come, give us this day our daily bread. That's how they prayed. Mm, That's so good. After the break, I want you to get into what Jesus is actually being tempted by. I think uh, you mentioned that there's a clue onto where he looks for that appetite to be satisfied. And so after the break, let's dig a little bit deeper into this temptation of appetite, familiarize ourselves with the pattern so that when we're tempted by the same thing, we might be able to defeat that temptation. Are you struggling with the fatigue of ministry post-COVID? Have you experienced some fruit but hit a plateau in your life or even your church? Could you benefit from a group of like-minded leaders who can help you achieve your God-given potential? Being a church leader is more challenging today than it has ever been, and the pandemic hasn't made it any easier to lead. We now have a whole new set of problems to deal with as church leaders that will require new solutions. With this in mind, we developed the Replicate Collective. This is a close-knit group of church leaders who want to help you and your church unleash your God-given potential. Members of the Collective will interact with premier church leaders, men like Will Mancini, David Platt, Pete Scazzaro, and many others. Members of the Collective create catalytic clarity for their church and personal lives. They participate in weekly huddles with like-minded church leaders. And you'll get personal coaching from me and the Replicate team. 
If you're interested in applying to join the collective or simply want to find out more, head over to replicatecollective.com. Replicatecollective.com. We have limited spots, so you want to check it out today. We're back now talking about how Jesus was tempted by the enemy with this temptation of appetite. Pastor, you were just talking about how uh, the enemy, Satan, said, Jesus, turn these stones, which probably looked like loaves of bread, into physical food because you're hungry and you can meet the need that you have of being hungry. Yeah. And you said back then they had daily needs for water, food, whatever it was, and that's very different for us today. Yeah, and what Jesus is teaching is a lot of little insights here. What Jesus is teaching us is dependence. He mm. is dependent upon the Father to provide. Now, he has the ability to turn those stones into bread, but here's the line I want you to understand. Just because you have the ability to do something doesn't mean you should do it. Mm. Jesus has a level of restraint here. And the principle we see early on is convenience in our life, and everything is convenient for us, and I'm not against it. Believe me, I'm preaching to myself here because I love comfort. I love mm -hmm. convenience. Convenience, though, in the area of a fridge or food or medical attention decimates dependence. Mm. Let me say that again. Convenience decimates dependence. Why? Because you don't need God. It's almost like, Colin, I think that when major events happen in our life, when the wheels fall off or an unexpected death or something, it's like God's way of getting our attention to say, hey, you still, you still need me. Hmm. You, know, you still need me. So, so Satan is Satan telling Jesus, hey, don't depend on God, the Father. Just just turn these stones into bread. You, do, you don't have to wait. Yeah, you God. don't have to wait. Let's get ahead of the plan of God. Yeah. And, and and so what he's doing is he's playing to the appetite. And he, mm -hmm. he does something that uh, in high school and middle school, you remember this, he uses those three words that have probably led me to do things I normally wouldn't do. These three words, if you are. <laughs> if you're really a... A cool guy like you say you are, Gality. Why don't you take a, a hit of this joint? You know, would if you really are the man you you think you are? Why don't you go knock out some? You know, yeah. it's like well, if you really are, if you're really as holy as you think you are, if you're yeah. really as smart as you think you are. Yeah. And Jesus responds, No, no, no. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And what he's mm. saying is this: We need to depend upon the Lord, not just for nourishment physically, but spiritual nourishment as well. So let me just explain how appetite works, okay? Our appetite can be in a number of ways. Let's just start with food because we're there, okay? okay? So let's take the area of gluttony, and there are two sides to each of these issues, okay? So the area of gluttony. Now, you don't hear gluttony talked about a lot in church. Mm -hmm. Just honestly, you don't. I don't see it a lot talked in church, mainly because I think the... Some of the pastors, um, a few of the pastors, are overweight themselves, and so they're not going to talk about an issue that they're actually struggling with themselves. And listen, I'm not throwing stones at other pastors. Believe me, I've got my own issues and my own problems, but I just find it, Colin, rather hypocritical at times when the guy who is the legalistic, overbearing, domineering, screaming at the top of his lungs pastor against pornography and railing against certain theology or alcohol, drugs, and addiction is grossly overweight. Grossly it's, overweight. it's ironic, too, and maybe it's because this is one of the few sins in those that you just listed, that there's an outward sign that it's happening for everyone else to Ooh, see. Yeah, it's true. Because a pastor 
any of us could rail against pornography, which we should, while at the same time be struggling with a pornography and nobody addiction, knows. And no one would know. It's good. Yeah, so gluttony is the indulgence of too much of food or, mm. or something. On the flip side, then you have anorexia, mm. which is a whole nother struggle with appetite on the opposite extreme. Let's take uh, pride, for example. You mm-hmm. could take greed, but let's take pride. On the one hand, pride is you struggle with thinking too much of yourself. You have an appetite for people wanting to affirm you and and honor you and appreciate. If they really knew how good I was, what I did, right? That's still on the one hand. On the other hand, there is a self-deprecating uh, position where basically you're saying, I'm not good enough. I'm mm-hmm. worthless. And you believe it, okay? So you have both of these on either side. So the temptation is appetite. Every temptation has a core issue. Okay. When you don't get the appetite, when you don't get what you're seeking, there is a core issue here that's at stake or, or that manifests. And Colin, do you know what it is? I do know what it is, but only because I heard you preach it last okay. week. <laughs> the core issue is what? The core issue of appetite is fear that fear. I'll never have enough. Yes. And I, I let's be honest, we all at times will struggle with this, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, fear is, you know, we all had fears as, as children. I don't care how tough you are. You, you had fears when you were growing up of certain things. My boys still, Dad, look in the closet. Could you check under the bed, you know? Now, as adults, we have the same kind of fear. They're just different fears. Mm-hmm. And fear is lack of trust in God. Mm-hmm. Fear is the opposite of faith in the sense of faith is trusting God will provide. Fear is God will not take care of me. Mm-hmm. And I tell people, listen, if you can't trust Jesus to take care of you tomorrow, I mean today, sorry, in this present day, mm-hmm. then how in the world will you trust him to take you to heaven tomorrow? Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people say, oh, I believe I'm going to heaven when I die, but boy, I can't trust him for food today. What? Hmm. Makes no sense. If you could trust him, you could trust him in all. So if the issue that we're talking about with appetite is need and satisfaction, that the core issue is fear, I'll never have enough, how did Jesus defeat this temptation so that we can do the same? Yeah, so basically the way it works is this. Let me just say one thing and then we'll get into that. So the two extremes or the two sides of fear or, 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 the, or these, okay? The first side is this. You try to have too much of something. You mm. just never have enough of something, so you keep accumulating. Now, I learned this in COVID like a lot of people. I mean, about myself, really. Because in COVID, Colin, you remember, we realized what was really important. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, you-, you Bullets. Knew- Bullets, oh. yes, but 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 I'm talking about the essential things okay. that you thought, man, we have to have. <laughs> bullets were from Tennessee, you can tell. <laughs> yeah, bullets were one. But uh, the core things, because you'd go to the grocery store and they'd be gone. Yeah, like, that, like, that's uh, true. There was one aisle yes. that went first. Yes. I don't know why, but. The two core things I needed in my home, what were they? You uh, needed them too. Paper towels and toilet paper. Yes, yes, that's me. And so. When I ran out of toilet paper, it was a, it was a, it was a big deal. Did you run out? Well, we got close. I think we, you ever had to double sheet it or like double fold it? Or, <laughs> okay, okay. This but is, anyway, this is too so much. Chris Swain, who used to lead the podcast with us, uh-huh. I remember Chris. Chris Swain actually turned me on to the greatest COVID purchase, maybe one of the greatest purchases of my entire life. Me this, too. And you got one too. And it was, and I'm gonna, I'm, and this is bonus material, folks. Here, this is a free gift to you. <laughs> it was the bidet. <laughs> 
we are going places this podcast has never gone before. Chris would be laughing at us right now. I promise you, he's laughing at the bidet. For those who don't know what a bidet, and some of the young people are like bidet, B I D E T. Look it up. Not right now. Let Is us it finish French? the podcast. I think it's a French word, but uh, it, it sounds French. They uh, figured th- <laughs> they would have come up with this. <laughs> for those who don't know, a bidet is like attaching a garden garden hose to the top of a toilet seat in your bathroom. <laughs> and I'll leave it. I'll leave it at that. But I started accumulating when the toilet paper supply came back. I started buying and buying. And I remember Candy going to the garage one day and opening the door and checking out my stash. And she said, uh, "What's that?" I said, "Well, that's our that's our stash in case we run out." She said, "What?" She said, do you think 12 boxes of 12 rolls each is enough for a family of four? And I said, baby, I don't know. I mean, I, I hope so. You know, I mean, I'm hoping so. And I was at that moment, I realized I was getting into this routine of fear of not having enough. Now, yeah. the flip side is hoarding. And if you've ever watched the show Hoarders, you see people who, you know, they have those piles, d- donate. Uh, keep or get rid of, and they can never get rid of that pile. And they're like, random, uh, unimportant things. Too. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, we have a uh, twelve potholder sets, you know. And Miss Jones, we're about to get rid of this. No, I might need that potholder set. Yeah, but we already have twelve in the house, you know. And so that's the flip side. Now it happens in our life in different areas, and you will go back and forth from different sides of the triangle. The question is this: You ask, how is Jesus able to? Meet and overcome this issue in our life. The way this works in every one of the temptations is Jesus becomes what we deserve, Hmm. absorbs our sin, our setback, our transgression, in order for us not to have to endure it. For example, I mean, think about this. Jesus becomes on the cross needy. He becomes becomes hungry. He actually needs something. I actually needed the mic there. He actually (laughs) needs something. I mean, he actually becomes something so we don't have to. For example, when Jesus was on the cross, he said, I am what? Do you remember? Thirsty. Thirsty. So he became thirsty. Mm -hmm. Uh, Right here in the desert, he was hungry. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jesus had needs and he became needy so that we wouldn't have to be. So he absorbs and meets our needs that way. And so when we put our faith in him, who basically took on what we deserved, then he's able to satisfy and meet our needs. Wow, that is that is so good. At at the cross, Jesus became needy so that we could become satisfied. Yes, that's good. That, that is so helpful today because I, I'm faced with this constant self-reliance that I, I want to take care of my own needs. And so looking to the Father to take care of my needs is so good. Jesus resisted this temptation in the desert. Uh, he defeated this at the cross permanently so that we can live in in freedom today. Let me ask you, let me just close with a question because it just came to mind. And this is a great question to close with for all of us. What are you depending and trusting in God for today? Mm. Because you should be trusting and depending for God and God for something. And I think so often as Christians, we become so convenient, we we just really don't trust in anything anymore. What, what are the big prayers you're praying? What are the impossibles you're asking God to do in your life? And I would just say, begin to depend upon God, trust in God, and believe God for great things in your life, mm-hmm. for gospel things in your life. The, the lie from the enemy that I'll never have enough has to be taken back to the cross and laid down there mm. and and tell the Father, I'm going to rely on you to take care of every need. 
Man, this has been so helpful today, Pastor. Thank you for sharing uh, these thoughts on the temptation of Jesus and this pattern that we can identify so that when we're faced with similar temptations, we can do the same thing that Jesus did and defeat the enemy. Hey, if you're enjoying this podcast, do us a favor and like it on whatever platform you're listening to. Share it with a friend or family member. Uh, I know I have sent the sermons that uh, Pastor is preaching at Long Hollow to other folks that I've said, hey, this has meant a lot to me. I think you might find it helpful uh, as well. So do us a favor, share the podcast. Join us next week as we dive into the second Uh, issue, the second temptation in the pattern that we see of Jesus in the wilderness. Thank you for joining us for this episode. Take a moment to subscribe and share this podcast. You can receive more free resources to help you make disciples in your home, group, or church by clicking the link in the show notes or visiting our website at replicate.org.